Welcome everyone. We are about to begin Bases Hashem feedback and insights sheer number 114. We discussed in the last feedback about a pitfall that holds one back from experiencing marital intimacy, the six types that we're going to discuss later. And the first one was unvoiced expectations. Um, to listen again, please, to the previous feedback, one. 13 that discusses that at length and the extreme importance of overcoming that. The second pitfall that couples fall into is blame. It's so easy to blame your husband or your wife when there are challenges in the marriage. It is human nature. Employees have this with employers. Employers have this with employees. A Talmud-Rebbe relationship, unfortunately, could spiral into that situation business partners, so on and so forth. It is easier to blame the other person. It's human nature to blame the other person. Even when it's your own fault. Um, because, you know, if you know, then I can be the victim and I don't have to take responsibility for what has happened. And that's when you're saying it's not your fault. But when you know it is your fault, then it's up to you to change those things. And very often, people do not want to accept the fact that they are wrong on certain things and they need to change it. So blame in marriage does not work. Of course, it is easier, much, much easier to focus on what your spouse has done wrong or what your spouse needs to do, because when you do that, the pressure is off you. But when you do this, you lose sight of the fact how you have not shown up in the marriage or you have not done things you need to do in order to have that healthy impact that you need. And they stop communicating after a while. Sometimes they withhold the sexual physical intimacy from each other. And there's blame. It doesn't matter what happened in the past. If you can't get past the past, then you do go to marriage coaching and counseling to get past that and learn how to do that. But the key is from here on forward to say, whatever happened, happened. Right now we're facing a problem or we're facing certain challenges. There's always something that I can do. You'll look yourself in the mirror, similar to the first pitfall. But over here we're talking about taking the responsibility and not blaming. So that is another pitfall. The third pitfall is these ultimatums that people make in these relationships. Conditional conditional ultimatums that create, instead of a corroborating, a collaborating teamwork type of feeling, the marriage now looks like it's a parent-child relationship or a boss-employee relationship. Instead of being an equal partnership relationship, can ultimatums mean that if you do X, then I'll do Y. But if you don't, don't do X, then I'm not going to do Y. It, may, it means that you're making your behavior or how you show up in your marriage conditional on the behavior of your husband or your wife. And that's not true. That's not the way it's meant to be because you are an adult. This is something people forget. We talked about it in previous feedbacks in the book Inner Marriage by Miriam Castle. She had several chapters about this, about being an adult in a marriage. People very often default back to their childlike behaviors 
in a marriage. They may be older, mature adults and functioning as adults in many ways, but they are children when it comes to not, you know, taking responsibility and always making these ultimatums. You have free will as an adult. You choose to show up in your marriage. You choose healthy behaviors. You could also choose your responses, even if your husband or wife did not act ideally towards you. You have an ability to choose your responses in the most healthy ways. Because marriage is not about conditions being met or not being met. It means that you're both committed to show up in the relationship, giving you both 100% ability to build your marriage in the most beautiful way. And that is a very, very important idea. This working on the marriage, you think that when you're working on a marriage, you're doing a favor for your husband or for your wife. But in reality, when you're working on your marriage, you are investing in yourself. You don't think about it that way generally. Now, investing in yourself is the best investment you will ever make. It will not only improve your own life, it will improve all the lives of those around you. I'm going to say this again. The fascinating, unbelievable, very true quote. Investing in yourself is the best investment you will ever make. It will not only improve your life, it will improve the lives of those around you. So when you are working on the marriage, you look at it not like you're helping your spouse or helping your wife or husband as a chesed, all of that. There's an element of chesed, of course. But the idea is, is that you're investing in yourself by working on this marriage. And that is really a, a, a key that's so important. Now, we're going to talk about these six concepts of intimacy. These are yesidais that provide strength to a marriage, that provide beauty to a marriage, that carries real weight in a marriage. When you have these yesidais, these foundations, then you add strength and beauty to the marriage and could carry you through all different tekufais in marriage. Very often, when we are first married, we don't have a concept of what a strong marriage is like or what it can be. And yeah, we know we're supposed to talk to each other or go on dates, but very often what we do is we just wing it. Our marriages are not beautiful yet when it really, really could be. It's not strong yet when it really, really could be. And a lot of times, again, to be malamitzchus on people, to give people the benefit of the doubt, there are reasons why this happens, why there's this drifting, why, why there's this disconnect. And life circumstances is, is not a simple thing. When you're living paycheck to paycheck, as an example, then it's much harder not to fight about money and budgets. Or you're dodging calls from creditors, things like that. Now, if you're struggling, one of you or both of you, with an addiction, whether it's pornography or other things, then you need professional help to work on that. Sometimes you suffer through a loss in a, in a marriage that also could affect it. And sometimes, even if it's not anything traumatic, just a very simple idea that you're both being busy and not having time for one another. And that causes you, people think it's normal, that's part of marriage, but the marriage gets shaky after a while when it's not intentional that way. And here is one of the biggest issues with why people drift apart in marriage. They assume 
that marriage is not supposed to be good anyway after the honeymoon phrase. They have this cynical idea from these unhealthy jokes or from these sayings. People believe that after that honeymoon, quote-unquote, period, or after that infatuation phase, marriage is not good. People really, they may not express it that way, but they really believe it. They watch maybe their parents, maybe they didn't, your parents growing up, you see they didn't have an ideal marriage. Or you see when you're close and you realize that many people don't, or that it seems like, at least in surface, that it's not so good. So people, mamish, assume this. They assume that, yeah, in the this is how it works. Every chas and kal is excited. The first few years, it's, it's thrilling. But then it fades, and then ultimately marriage is not, necessarily good. Marriage is just a necessary tzairech and it is a burden, generally speaking, and that's how people view it and it's very, very sad that people view it that way and the secret of it is that it does not have to be that way. It's not intended to be that way. It was tended to be one of the biggest bracha. Both the azer part, by the way, the help part, and the konegdoi, the challenge, you know, that sometimes happens because of different personalities, even the konegdoi part, is meant to be a spurring on of a beautiful, unbelievable bracha. And we don't tap into it but because we're not intentional about it. Now, these yisoydais of intimacy, which we touched upon in other shiurim, is a, number one, emotional intimacy, which is a real big yisoyd. Number two is physical intimacy. Physical intimacy, not sexual. Physical intimacy here, what I'm saying here, is not sexual. It's physical touching and hugging, not in a sexual way. It is extremely important. There, There are people that hold back from doing this in front of their children, and that's understandable, and that's a separate discussion, but privately between themselves, they need to do this. There's a financial intimacy, which sounds strange, which we're going to talk about. There's the spiritual hashkafedika intimacy. There is this, what we call, recreational intimacy, which also seems strange, because you would say in Yiddishkeit, there's no place for recreation. There's no place for fun. Fun is not is a waste of time. It's not a Torah concept, but the truth is, as we will learn, it is a Torah concept in used, being used in the right framework. And then there is, of course, the sexual intimacy, which is also very, very important, which we talk a lot in the Panimi groups. If you want to email me to join, if you haven't joined yet, we talk a lot about it there. And it's not to be ignored. So all of these Yisaitis provide strength to marriage, adds beauty to how the two of you interact with one another, how you interact with the world, and that carries you through all different kufais of Chaim, and you need all of these types of intimacies. You need every single one of them. Every single one of them. In the sexual intimacy we discussed many times, we're not going to get into it now again, how young couples tend to over-hyper-focus on that aspect. Couples that are married longer, they under underfocus on that aspect. So you have the opposite problems with sexual intimacy, which we will discuss. But it is clear that that alone is not enough, although it's vital. You need the other five as well. And when you learn about them, and it's important to learn about them, to write these things down, to have it clear in your head, to discuss it with your husband, with your wife about that, you will understand once you see what these intimacies are, 
how you're connecting and how there's a disconnect and how to improve the disconnect. When you have a clarity of what these intimacies are, you're not grasping at straws anymore. Sometimes you both are like sort of like hamsters in a, in a, in a, on a wheel and you, you don't know where to start and, and you just know that things are off and you're just not connecting and what's, what's the issue? We don't know. And very often it's really focusing on these six intimacies, recognizing where there is a lack and then maybe being intentional in bringing that in. And that is really, really key. If you know about these things, you can fix it. Otherwise you're going to say, eh, we're so different. Or I can't put my finger on what's exactly wrong, but there's something wrong. Here, with understanding these six intimacies, you will be able to put your finger on it. You will know what it is, and you'll discuss it, and you'll work on it. And that's very, very important. Very often, couples make this bad mistake. They want to end their marriage because they think it'll be better with somebody else. But the key is, most of the time, you do not need to break up and you do not need to settle on, okay, Nebuch, I have this type of marriage. You do not need to do that. You don't need to end it when it's something that is fixable. And not only fixable like just putting on a Band-Aid and a patch, but fixable in a way where it is renewed and, 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 and expressed in a, much, in a beautiful binion, in the most beautiful way. And it will equip, when you dis, when we go through these um, feedbacks with these intimacies, they will equip the both of you to work together instead of pushing against each other. And that's a very, very important thing. You are both on the same team. These intimacies is a game plan for your marriage. You will use these tools again and again and again to strengthen your communication with one another. It will bring more laughter into your marriage, healthy humor. You will have fun together. You will work through the tough situations and you will be there for each other. And that will create the marriage you want to be in. And you're both different, but you won't want the same thing, the same tayalas. You bring HaKadosh Baruch Hu into it. And the aside before we start, a main Hagdama is husbands need to know, husbands need to know that you cannot expect your wife to be just like you. And wives need to know you cannot expect your husbands to be just like you. Ta- trying to make your spouse like yourself is impossible. It's an unfair burden on them. And, you know, people very often get their unhealthy stereotypes from movies that are out there in TV shows or popular culture that, that give you the wrong ideas. There are men even though you're going to say, generally speaking, men are not well adapted to emotional intimacy, that many of them lack that and they need to develop it, true, but many men have a very strong sense of emotional intimacy. There are men that could discuss their feelings, and they do, and using their words are easy, right? It's not stereotypical, but it happens. Many women, as an example, do have a higher desire for the sexual relationship, and many men don't. Also not stereotypical, but that's true. Some men don't care that much about physical touch. And many women do care a lot about physical touch. So what I'm trying to say is, is that with all these six levels of intimacy that we're going to talk about, number one, emotional. Number two, physical, though not sexual. 
number three, financial, number four, spiritual, number five, recreational, and number six, sexual, each one of them, one of them will have a stronger pull for that need of intimacy than the other. It's not always stronger by men. It's not always stronger by women. It does not make you male or female. It depends on the personality, but both of you need them both. And that's an extremely important thing to understand. There are testimonials about people who work through these things that they were married for more than 30 years even, and they started this um, 60 days ago. And they say, they give testimonials, they were never more in love with their wife and their husband than now. They learned in those days to work on all six levels of intimacy, and it changed. Before then, they were discussing divorce, and now, and, and I didn't want divorce, but I felt there was no other way. I didn't want to live the rest of my life this way, but I didn't know how to fix it. But the, the using this and working on this gives you the ability to open up with each other, to communicate with each, with each other in a ways that you never have done before. Removing the anger, removing the hurt, to be able to share and discuss issues in a healthy way. Many of us, after learning this, will admit that in the past it was bad because we just didn't know how to use these skills. We didn't know how to think in these types of ways. The key is, is every it's doable and it's subject, it's 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 changeable. This is one of those yesidays, and we'll be Messiah this year. And then next feedback, but as Hashem, we are going to discuss the first level of intimacy. Emotional intimacy in, at length, but the key really is what you all need to know. We are set in our ways and unhealthy ways. We think to ourselves, it doesn't make a difference how old we are, that this is the way we always were, and this is the way how things will always be. And we have to fight that tooth and nail. Not true. We have Bechira, we have the ability to change, we have the ability to. to to, to change our habits, to, to change the way we're thinking. We could take action. We could practice these six yesidas of intimacy in our lives, and it could transform our marriage, bring the greatest bracha into our homes. And as a hope that, as a shem, that together we could work on doing this. Bracha and atzlacha.